Chapter 11 of History of England in Words of One Syllable. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andy Glover. History of England in Words of One Syllable by Helen W. Pearson. Chapter 11 Hard Times. It is hard for a land whose king is a child, and so England did not have good times when the son of the Black Prince came to the throne. For there were three sons of the old King Edward, who each one sought to have the rule in his own hands, and they did not care for the good of the young king or for their land. The poor were ground down and were slaves to the rich. They had to pay a tax on this and a tax on that, till they had scarce food to eat. A new tax by the name of the poll tax was made in King Richard's reign, and the folks rose in a rage at it. One of them by the name of Wat Tyler struck down a rude man who came to his house to get this poll tax, and the blow was the cause of his death. The folks in the town came with sticks and scythes and flails, and took the part of Wat Tyler. He told them to come with him and march up to London and tell the king of their wrongs. As they went, more and more folks came to join them, and it was a wild throng by the time they got to London. They lay in the grass all night round the tower, and when day came, they said they must speak to the king. He came in his barge to see them, but his friends, who had seen the strange horde, had fear for his life and took him back. The next day, the king rode on his horse in the midst of the mob to try and find out the truth. While Wat Tyler spoke to the king, he laid his hand on him, and someone thought that he meant to stab him. So the Lord Mayor rode up to him and dealt the poor man such a blow that he fell from his horse, and someone thrust him through with the sword. The mob did not seem to know what to do, when the king rode forth and said, Good folks, have you lost the man who led you? That man was false. I, your king, will lead you. Then he rode at their head out into the fields, and they were told to state their wrongs, and he said he would do what he could for them, so they went home. Richard did seem to wish to give up some of the laws that were so hard on the poor, but his lords would not let him, he was a mere youth, and he was fond of feasts and fine clothes, and glad to let all things go, and the world wag as it might if he had a good time. He said his fun did not cost as much as King Edward's wars, so he made peace with France, that he might have funds for his fine clothes, and his feasts, and gifts for his friends. Thus England lost its fame while the king spent the gold of the lands for gems and rings and fur robes, in which knights were dressed to ride and tilt in sham fights. The Duke of Gloucester was glad to find fault with the king and to stir up the English to do so, and Richard grew to fear him. So he had men to seize the duke and take him to Calais. In three days news came that he was dead, and no one knew if he had been put to death or if grief and rage had brought on a fit. 
John, Duke of Lancaster, and son, too, of King Edward III, was an old man and did his best to be friends with the king. But he had a son by the name of Henry, who was a fine, brave young man, and Richard had great fear of him. So he made some charge and sent him out of the land to stay ten years. Then when the Duke of Lancaster was dead, the king took all his lands and wealth, to which, of course, he had no right. Henry, the duke's son, would not bear this, and he knew that most of the English thought it was not fair. So he went at once to England, and as soon as he set foot on its shore, the folks came in crowds to join him. For by this time they had naught but hate for their king. Henry thought there was a chance to get the crown, and he made haste back from Ireland. But he found no friends save a false one, who gave him up to his foes. They took him to London and made him say in the face of Parliament that his rule had been so bad he was not fit to be king. Then they made him swear that he would give up the throne to Henry of Lancaster. He was sent to Pontefract Castle, and kept there all the rest of his life, and we do not hear of him more. Henry IV did not find a smooth path for his feet when he did get the crown. The Welsh took up arms for Richard, and the Scotch gave him no rest. The Earl of Northumberland, who was Richard's false friend, thought the king could not do too much for him for his help to win the crown. This earl had a fine son who was so rash and brave that he had the name of Harry Hotspur. This young man led the troops on the Scotch and beat them, and took hosts of them. The king sent to have these Scotchmen brought to London, which put the proud young Hotspur in a rage. So he went off to Wales and took his men with him. There they found more to join them, and they got a large force to fight King Henry. The Prince of Wales, whose name was Henry too, was a brave, fine youth, and fought well. King Henry won the day, and Hotspur got his death in this fight. But the Welsh were not put down, and the king had no peace. He did not know whom to trust, for he met plots on all sides. Friends were not true to him, so at last he grew to think that all men were his foes. In time, he would not trust his son, Prince Hal, and put slights on him of all sorts. He grew old ere his time, and was ill and had fits. His last charge was to his son Henry. He said the prince should keep up the war with France, or the English would not let him rest on his throne. The death of Henry IV was in 1413. End of chapter 11